0: Cast is a podcast series by ISB Executive Education. The podcast features ISB professors who continue to broaden the horizons of new knowledge. Through this podcast series, we hope you gain research-backed perspectives on complex challenges to manage and lead effectively. I'm Rinmay, working at ISB Executive Education and your host for this episode. I recently had a conversation with Ram Nidumolu a Practice Professor of Organizational Behavior at ISB. Professor Ram possesses a unique combination of expertise in B-school professorship, business research, and Fortune 500 strategy consulting. He has also worked as a C-level executive and been an entrepreneur. Hi, Professor. I'm excited to have you here today.
1: Hi, Mr. Mai. I'm looking forward to this uh, podcast.
0: Thank you so much, Professor. So I was just trying to recall this quote that Peter Drucker once said, Management is about doing things right, while leadership is about doing things the right way or doing the right things. So could you maybe just unpack this quote for us a little bit?
1: Right, yeah. So this is a very famous quote, and it uh, gets to the heart of the difference between, uh, you could say, a manager who's trying to be optimal, trying to be efficient, managing for the present in a way, and ensuring that things get done with uh, the maximum efficiency. Whatever that goal may be, that goal is achieved with the maximum efficiency perhaps the highest margins the greatest profits and so on so in that sense it's not questioning the goal itself but ensuring that the goal is done well and that's what uh, doing things right means right but uh, one could ask especially in business the fundamental question of uh, is the goal the appropriate goal is the purpose appropriate what the company is trying to do is that appropriate is that something that society needs Is that something that employees really care about? And that gets to the issue of uh, what is the right thing to do. And that's what leadership is about. So it's the difference between efficiency and uh, ensuring that you have uh, margins and so on, versus ensuring that you're doing something that is uh, right for society, of the larger ecosystem around you. So that's really the difference that Drucker was trying to point out. And that is the foundation for thinking on purpose, current thinking on purpose.
0: Right. I just picked up on a term that you used, of purpose. We're we're always seeing that purpose is used as a terminology, a very loosely used terminology. But why do you think it's important for an organization to harness purpose as a power?
1: Right. So this interest in purpose is actually almost three decades old. And let me just give you a quick uh, history of it. For many decades in the early parts of uh, the 20th century, it was clear that companies existed not just for profits, but also to support the community around them, society around them. Of course, at that time, the environment was not a big issue. But uh, really in terms of employees and other stakeholders, there was a sense that they too need to benefit and not just the shareholders. It was around the 70s that uh, there was a shift in thinking. And then the purpose of a corporation became shareholder value maximization. That you, know, you really exist to maximize the earnings of the shareholders, which means your market valuation. And that really was, I would say, around the 70s or so. But now we are seeing in the last 20 years that uh, there is a return to that original notion that companies have a broader reason for being. And it's not just shareholders, but other stakeholders, including society, including the employees. And that's what we're seeing now. Purpose is returning to what it was many decades ago.
0: Right. Clearly, purpose has grown from just an idea to something that you can actually put in, into a framework of sorts. So which brings me to this particular framework, which is called the Purpose Strength Framework, which states a couple of things. One of them is that top management needs to have commitment. Though, and the second is that you need to have a purpose-driven strategy, business strategy. Right. So could you perhaps just elaborate for our listeners a little bit more on this uh, framework?
1: Yeah, so this particular framework you're talking about is one of uh, several frameworks. This framework was uh, authored by Alvaro Dernalda and also included uh, the very famous professor out of the Harvard Business School, Amy Edmondson, appeared in the Sloan Management Review. And uh, this talks about really uh, a few key elements of purpose, right? So one is, of course, uh, purpose needs to help you identify with the company. That notion of identity is critical. So if you're an employee in the company, then purpose enables you to identify with what the company is about, the reason for the existence of the company. So you need something to feel is important that you can identify with. Also meaning, the sense that if I work in a company or if I am a supplier to the company or I'm a customer for the company, then something meaningful is happening by engaging with the company. And then a sense of mission, that the operating principles, the day-to-day activities that take place, all are at some level reinforced by that sense of purpose. So that's one key element of uh, this framework. Then the issue comes in, how do you implement this this sense of uh, identity, meaning, and mission, right? Otherwise, these are just words. And uh, the framework then says that there are uh, three aspects of this implementation. One is this knowledge related to the purpose needs to be widely known to everyone in the company. That in a way, it becomes part and parcel of the way they think, the way they look at their work, and so on. It's sort of disseminating that knowledge. The second part of it, which is a very important one, is it also needs to become intrinsic to them. Every individual, everyone in the company, such as you working here at ISB, have a sense of purpose, personal purpose, right? You care about certain things about your personal life. And if purpose at the organizational level needs to take hold, it has to align with the individual purpose. So how do you do that? You know, you have your own sense of purpose. How could you now pursue that purpose and at the same time be very aligned with the corporate purpose? then there is a motivation to do so. If they're not aligned, then you're not so motivated. That's the second part of it. The third part of this framework is how do you know you're accomplishing your corporate purpose, which means you need to be able to measure it, you need to have KPIs around it, you need to have a way to control and navigate the company if the purpose is not being achieved. So these are the key elements of this framework.
0: So I'm wondering... Do you have any favorite example of yours or of a company that's been, that's been able to translate purpose into strategy and then actually implement it across the organization? Do you?
1: I do have several examples, but let me give you one of them. And, you know, it's uh, Microsoft under Satya Nadella. It's actually very interesting when I teach that case study. When Microsoft uh, appointed Nadella as the CEO in 2014, the purpose of the company, let's say vision, purpose, those terms meant generally the same thing at that time was really to put a computer on every desktop. right? But notice that uh, in this century at least, we're not selling that many desktops. Right? It's moved to laptops, it's moved to your smartphones, cloud computing and so on. So when uh, Nadella came along as the CEO, he was an insider, he had already spent 22 years in Microsoft, he knew this needed to change. You need to have a purpose that is more exciting in a way, that is more meaningful. So he changed the purpose of the company to uh, something that's less hardware oriented. And he changed it to, we have to empower every individual and organization to do more. Very simple. It's a simple statement. And that's an important part of purpose statements. They need to be simple, such as Disney says, for example, we spread happiness. Google says we organize the world's information. So you need something that's simple. That simple purpose is not just a statement. So in the case of Microsoft, for example, uh, he unveiled that purpose one year after he became CEO. In 2015, he unveiled it. But then you know, the real uh, challenge is the execution, is the implementation of that purpose. And uh, it's a fascinating case study on how he went about uh, implementing this purpose, how he went about changing mindsets from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset in individuals, how he changed the strategy of the company from really a product line focus to a customer focus, you know, looking at in terms of customers as opposed to the old product lines of office and and Windows and so on, and how at every level, the way you conduct meetings, the way you deploy information systems, the kinds of reward systems that you have. For example, you got rid of the stack ranking system. Very critical. You can't talk of this kind of uh, you know noble purpose or a higher purpose or a broader purpose without getting rid of the things that go against that purpose. In Microsoft case, it was the stack ranking system. So you got rid of it. So a number of things that are at a holistic level, and that's very important. To truly implement purpose, you have to look at all aspects of the organization. The strategic, the business model, which is, you could say, level one. You need to look at the culture and the way teams are managed, which is level two, and how individuals think, their mindsets, and their own sense of self, their willingness to collaborate, which is level three. All these three levels need to change to truly make purpose manifest in the company. Otherwise, it's just a sentence We have enough of these buzzwords, we have enough of these slogans. People don't really follow that purpose.
0: That's very true. In fact, purpose is usually just seen as a very lofty idea of exactly. sorts. So, exactly.
1: um,
0: so I'm also wondering if you could perhaps give us a few tips or, you know, some advice to companies who want to go down this path and instead yeah. of, like you said, instead of, you know, just having it as a mission statement, which is nice yeah. to have, actually implement it. So what could be those two ideas? That's something that a person needs to be wary about when they're yeah. thinking about developing a purpose yeah. or something that they need to do when they're
1: yeah. Going it's, this it's a good career? question. And, you know, the heart of purpose is uh, it has to resonate with people, especially the employees in the company. It needs to be authentic, right? And let me talk about an assignment I did with uh, Harley Davidson about uh, 12 years ago. And I was brought in at that time. This was in uh, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, to enable sustainability in the organization. Now, when you think of Harley, you typically think of these big bikes that uh, have a lot of carbon emissions and so on you don't associate it with uh, purpose, right? You don't associate it with sustainability. You don't think of the environment. So how do you bring this kind of a change, this way of uh, thinking into an organization where it's normally not associated? So it turned out that the critical lever that had to be in a way turned on was the uh, what the company stood for, the heritage of the company, what people really cared about in that company, the core uh, value in a sense. And it turned out that what they really cared about in the hundreds of years, they were actually, I think they were founded in 1908, the same time as Ford Motor Company. So a hundred years later, what they really cared about was the freedom to ride. It was about freedom and it was a freedom to ride. This is a core value for the employees, for the suppliers, for the dealers were also very important. So you have to tap into that, something that really resonates with employees. And then you could think of a sustainable purpose as preserving and renewing the freedom to ride. So that's lesson number one. It has to be something that people truly resonate with that is hopefully part of the history of the company, what they're proud of, the legacy of the company. Right? But that's not enough. The second one is you have to make it part and parcel of the everyday activities of the company, which means you have to address, as I mentioned earlier, the reward systems. They can't be compensated rewarded for behaviors that go against that purpose. So, for example, uh, let's talk of Zappos. is an interesting company. Of course, it's uh, controversial; it ran into problems. But when Zappos started, they really cared about customer service. If a person, if you called up a customer service person and you spent a lot of time dealing with an issue, that was okay for Zappos. The customer service person had to resolve that issue. You can't then turn around and say, "No, you're going to be measured on how efficient you were on your calls." Right? So your measurements your measurement system needs to align with what you're encouraging in terms of purpose. So at that level, you have to enable individual groups, for example, to have their operating plans that embed this purpose in them. The product design needs to embed this purpose. The way they interact with customers needs to embed this purpose. So the purpose part has to be part and parcel of every component of the business model. That's the second key thing. Otherwise, it's just meaningless. If you do these two things, really address and go to the core identity of the company, and two, you embed it into the everyday operations of the company at the business model level, then yes, then you can get somewhere with purpose. Otherwise, it's just a slogan.
0: True. That's that's very interesting. I mean, when you were describing this, what I could almost picture was a sort of seed that grows into a tree. And the yes. purpose has to sort of, you know, start right from there and then bloom into... That's an excellent yeah. <laughs> analogy.
1: Purpose is the seed, it the is, reason for existence, right? right? Yes. The reason why the the tree exists. Yeah.
0: True. Very true. So, perhaps, perhaps, Professor, now coming to the current context. So, the current Indian economy and even the global environment, for that matter, we're sort of coming into a a contraction phase and, uh, you know, going through very different uh, turbulent economic cycles. So, how critical is it now to have purpose embedded for a leader and, you know, not lose sight of purpose while the business is going through this turmoil?
1: Very interesting question. So the thing to remember about purpose, to understand about purpose, is it's there for you when things are going great, because it helps you set direction. That's a key value of purpose. But when things are not going well, as they are not for many companies now, it's especially critical, because you want people to be motivated at work, still find meaning at work. You want to reduce attrition rates, right? You don't want people leaving saying, this is not worth it over here. Especially now, after COVID, people have become very concerned about uh, the kind of work they do. They have seen how ephemeral life is, right? They're now asking hard questions. What kind of work do I really want to do? What kind of work will really let me express my personal purpose? So that's when corporate purpose becomes very critical. It's the means, by it's the glue that really allows you to retain employees and give them work that they think is meaningful. It's also something that prioritizes. It may be that through this purpose you say some activities are not so critical. So it helps you set purpose and therefore focus on the core. So especially at this time, you need uh, a sense of purpose. And I've personally experienced this when I was running companies and I went through the dot-com collapse and uh, the 2008 uh, financial crisis. That's especially when you have to have this animating force, which is what purpose is, that ties your employees, you and your investors and others together. Without that, things fall apart. As Yeats said in his famous poem, the center does not hold. So purpose is the center that holds these things together.
0: That's, yes, that's, I mean, I could, um, again, relate to that, because if we don't band together now, and if we don't work for a common goal now, we could go in very different directions.
1: Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So purpose enables alignment. Definitely. That's the core value of purpose.
0: Definitely. So maybe now digging a little deeper into a leader and the kind of attributes that they should have to be more purpose-driven. So while one may try to align with the company's purpose, but what could a person like me or anybody else who wants to get into, say, leadership now or later, what should we do right now to become more purpose-driven?
1: It's a fascinating question. So the first thing to begin with as a leader is understand your own purpose. Begin with your uh, purpose. What do you care about in your life? What do you want to do for the next few years? may not be for the rest of your life, for the next few years. Which means build your self-awareness. Your sense of purpose is a component of your self-awareness. Learn more about yourself. What motivates you? What are your values? What gives you a sense of purpose? But that's not enough. As a leader, you also need to understand others, which means empathy. Empathy and care. So understand what motivates other people in your team, in your business unit, in your company. What drives them? What is their purpose? They may not know it explicitly, but have some understanding of what are they motivated by. And uh, so that's very important. But I also want to point out that uh, it's hard to be consistent with purpose, to stay with it, unless you have self-regulation, unless you have uh, some way to manage yourself, right? Your moods, your emotions, and so on. And finally, this is a very important part of purpose, integrity. You can't say purpose and do something else differently, right? You have to have that consistency between what you are articulating, what you say, and what you do, and that's integrity. So these are some key competencies to develop as a leader. And while you're developing this, the elements of purpose, what is purpose? After all, purpose is something very meaningful. Identity is also very meaningful, right? A sense of belonging. So that's what leaders need to do. You have to be thinking in terms of creating a sense of belonging to this common cause called purpose, to the team that team members belong to, to the corporation. So cultivating a sense of belonging, a sense of identity is a critical role for leaders, especially during difficult times.
0: Maybe as closing thoughts, I'd like to know one or two things that have really helped you or maybe what drives you? What was your purpose perhaps? That's very interesting,
1: yes. (laughs) No, it's it's an important question. I think uh, everyone at some stage, uh, especially as you get into middle age. When you become middle-aged, you have to start thinking about purpose. And for me, it's been clear, you know, for several years, I was wandering around, you could say, at some level, seeking purpose. But I would say my purpose now for the foreseeable future is to really, um, one, of course, I teach. You know, I'm a teacher. I do research at ISP. There are high expectations in terms of research. I also practice. I am a practice faculty, so I practice in terms of uh, consulting, and I also write. So basically to teach, to research, to write, to practice, and to develop a set of frameworks and practices around being full uh, leadership. That's what I would say. That would be my purpose. And why would I do this? So that the people I come in contact with, the institutions I come in contact with, there's a sense of wholeness. And I feel uh, eventually purpose has a purpose itself. That if you're looking at a variety of purposes, how do you evaluate them? You know, one company may say happiness, another company may say, let people do more. Another company may say, we would like to enable collaborative relationships, trust. But how do you evaluate across these purposes? And for me, the criteria that I have developed is, uh, do they promote wholeness or not? Internal wholeness and external wholeness. By internal wholeness, I mean, do they promote the well-being of the employee and the stakeholders? By external wholeness, do they promote the well-being of society, business, and nature? These are all components of a system that needs to be sustainable, that needs to be whole. So to me, that is the ultimate purpose. You can have multiple companies with different purposes, individuals, but together do they promote the wholeness of that whole ecosystem, which includes nature, which includes society, includes your local communities, and the corporations and markets that are the tools of capitalism. So does your initiative, does your effort promote wholeness? is what I care about, and that's my sense of purpose.
0: That's really beautiful. In a sense, it sort of encompasses everything. Thank you so much, Professor. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.
1: Wonderful, thank you.